All right, this is John. And this is Sean. And this is Movie Night with Sean and John. (laughs) Check, check. After only... (laughs) It's every time it's so awesome. The high life is uh, living the high life right expl- now. I- explodes again. Explosive. I'm gonna get Shit. a little like a triangle thing to play the, the intro In song the next intro. time. Ding 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 ding. Um. So welcome y- to movie night. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome back. This, is <laughs> this, this was after only what maybe like a month this time. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think because it's been um, it's been a little bit more of a a slow drip lately, but we are For sure. Um. Man, I'm happy to uh, be doing this tonight, so this is going to be fun. We did. Uh, we saw Minari tonight. Minari. New A24 movie. Um, Which A24, almost every single thing they've ever done has been like my favorite really quality. Yeah, I love their stuff, man. I, have I would watch like anything that just has like the the A24 like yep. production tied to it. I knew nothing about this movie yeah, before we uh, saw it. We saw it at River Oaks. Yeah, go save the River Oaks Theater. Yeah, before we even get into this, so River Oaks Theater um, is back open. Yes. Um, but I guess is is uh, they're having a rough time right now. Obviously, well, with the pandemic, their movies have not been open. Um, this is kind of, it seems like a make or break kind of uh, time. Right, and I mean, really large theaters have already... Uh, filed for bankruptcy. I think Studio Movie Grill filed for bankruptcy. AMC is like one hair away from like going under. Did um, Alamo Drafthouse? Or maybe I'm thinking of Studio Movie Grill. It was uh, one of those. Was I, one I know of some locations of Alamo I think have closed. And then... Well, bankruptcy is, is almost... Um, at least that's a sign that they're taking the financial steps to hopefully prolong... Reopen at yeah, some point. Yeah, to kind of keep... Um, the business going you know in some capacity it's like this is is one of those rare scenarios where uh it's a mom and pop so it's like there's no i mean i guess there's landmark theaters is their landlord or whatever yeah but i don't know that that they're just going to continue to um float float the bill yeah yeah and it's it's tough because so river it's not like a larger company it's like if this company i mean if this theater goes under it'll just be that'll be the end of it you know right and uh if you're not familiar with the houston uh theater scene uh the river oaks theater is like the oldest operating theater in houston so i think it was built in 39 1939 it's a fucking institution it's yeah. like a sacred it's a space. historic theater that still operates and still shows movies and not Pre- just in Houston, but in the country and in, in just right, for right. our history in the greater landscape of like cinema history is like, this is the River Oaks Theater. We fucking met Tommy Wiseau. Uh, yeah, River man, Oaks. I got some like really great movie, uh, like memories at yep. that theater specifically because when I was getting like more into uh, like indie films and stuff in college yep. and uh, they they would do like their midnight movies on the weekends. So like. Me and uh, some of my buddies would go see like horror movies that they play at midnight. They do. They would do like Rocky Horror Picture Show once yep. a month. They do The Room like every other month or something. But um, I've seen some cool stuff there. Even they would show like Airplane sometimes. And 
Uh, I saw like Halloween there. Even just being a kid and and driving into the city to go to the River Oaks or right. go to Angelica um, was like an experience. Um, and I still get that feeling when I go there. Like um, it 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 is a special viewing experience. Um, there is something to the history there, and even oh, just yeah, going there sure. tonight, it's like this this deserves. Uh, it warrants pr- preservation. You know, it's like at the very least. We have to stick by these institutions. I don't know to what extent we can even make ourselves useful at this point. We went to a showing. There were This was the most packed showing we've been to the entire yeah, pandemic, since, and there were like eight people. Um, since last uh, May, uh, March, March, right? There was ten people I counted, really? including us. And the theater probably sits like... At least, yeah, probably, maybe more. The largest, it was the downstairs theater if you've been there. So we cannot be talking about a sustainable, you know, time for the business. Right. And it's, um, man, it just made me think even when we, when we were in line to get the concessions, like, man, I do not want this to go away. This is like my worst fear scenario. I feel like when we first started talking about, um, the movie experience at the top of the pandemic and just what this has kind of been like for fans of movies and the theatrical experience. The, all my worst fears have, uh, have, have come true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it, I mean, all these predictions that I like wish hadn't been the way that it worked out, but it was so obvious the whole time. It's like, Oh, now we can't do gatherings movie theaters are clearly going to suffer but it was like there's no mind paid to the entertainment industry in the same way that it's paid to essential services that like um shows or movies or whatever like these venues are going to continue to go under unless we um collectively decide that it's important and to preserve them or even just keep them something my my fear is that they'll bulldoze the building and just make it a fucking I don't know, some sort of store, a Ross or something. Yeah, um, or set up some mid-rises. And, that, and in our city, that's not that's not really out at all. the norm, yeah. you know? Um, I think that's our biggest problem is that we don't value our history here and we just keep all. tearing stuff down and putting up more mid-rises and, like, department stores and shopping centers. And yeah. this is a place with real um, history right in the middle of... Uh, the River Oaks. It's like such a pleasant little uh, getaway like a- you can have, and you can kind of go turn your brain off in this old ass movie theater and fully like immerse yourself in a different experience. And if like, what other movie theaters do we even have that are even close? We don't have anything like that anymore. It's just yeah. that, and then a bunch of AMC's, which aren't bad, but Is or the, Cinemarks or or the Angelica turned into AMC. Uh, AMC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that one might be reopened now. And I like Edwards and Regal and AMC. I don't mind that stuff, but it's just like, man, if we lose this uh, as moviegoers, there won't be another experience that will replace it. You know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I really do have a lot of good memories with with uh, River Oaks Theater. I remember one time. Um, I had gone by myself to a midnight showing because they would do midnight movies every weekend. Yeah. Which, I mean, they're one of the few theaters that that did it at all. There's a community there. Yeah, and uh, it was a pretty big turnout. So I went when uh, Human Centipede 2 came out, (laughs) and I 
I didn't have any friends that wanted to see Human Centipede 2. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was made like, it through the first one. That was <laughs> I was like, man, I got to see this. The only theater in, in the entire city that's, that's playing badass. it is River Oaks. Like, I'm going to go to the midnight showing. It was like on a Saturday night. Like, all right, I'm going to go check this out. It'll be like an experience, right? Yeah. So the line for the movie was around the whole building. Like, pretty much as long as like when we went to see Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. The line was wrapped around the building. And I'm I got, not surprised. They have that that uh, well and yeah they had a big draw and yeah. they, they had advertised awareness for it a little in the bit community too. and i get right up to the ticket counter and i was like yeah one for human centipede too <laughs> and the lady's like oh the people in front of you just bought the last tickets oh. and i was like damn i drove like half an hour out here i was like because i was living on the north side at that time i was like i i'll just stand and watch it and she was like oh, yeah we can't do that it's like fuck did they never that you didn't get to see it? No, I had I left oh. empty handed. I had to go home, but it was still like the excitement of like being there because <laughs> there were so many and, people yeah. and like I don't know. It's even though event. I didn't get to see it, there was like this this like build up to. I mean, eventually I, I saw remember the movie, seeing but, Bowling for Columbine there and and being, damn yeah and be just being like I don't know feeling kind of cultured or something as yeah. a young kid, kind of feeling like I was I was stepping outside of my immediate surroundings and experiencing something slightly different. And Who took like, you to see that? Your brother? My parents. Really? Yeah. Damn. My, pa- but my That was when like my parents got super deep into going to see movies like all the time. And they watched that one. Yeah. Oh, but my mom a, would try to see like literally everything. Everything. Like, I remember obsessive. for a while your parents would go to the movies like almost every night. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Super big movie fans. That's probably where I get some of it from. But yeah, I have amazing experiences there. Seeing that movie, we saw Blaze. Um, oh yeah, we did. We which almost... I actually really st- I've seen that several times since, and I love that movie, uh, Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. uh, movie about Blaze Foley. But um, that's the kind of movies you can see there um, that don't uh, have any other showings in the city. Yeah, especially not this city, especially not at that time or certain times in our history. It's like. Houston hasn't always been the most progressive place. So yeah. it was like a place you could go to and get something that's a little bit... Um, a little bit deeper than And the, we would have to... Yeah, you're right. Like, we would drive 30, 40 minutes from Kingwood or from an outside suburb. That's not uncommon in Houston at all, just to go to a place like right. that. Um, well, and... It used to be AMC an Studio 30 had, like, more of the foreign films... Uh, cause they had 30 screens that That's one more just, recently though. Yeah. And that one closed down permanently, right. uh, last year and now river Oaks, which, you know, also had like some of the indie films and some of the smaller budget movies that didn't make it to like, you know, the, the studio movie grills and AMCs and all that shit. Yeah. Um, I, river Oaks was like one of the only theaters playing that kind of stuff in town. So once that's gone, yeah, I mean, we you're just going to have to watch this shit at home on your TV. Yeah, we like the lose only so now. much in the process, not just the experience of going there, which is like something that we've been talking about, but also we lose the exposure to the ideas that are shown in, in this special place that aren't shown everywhere else, you know? Right. Like, Minari is not playing at uh, other theaters currently that I'm aware of. Uh, yeah. Or maybe... Um, for another showing or two a day, but it's like, and it'll be in and out in a week. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um, this is not the movie that's going to have that kind of uh, draw to it. Yeah. And even with the award circuit where it's at, it's like, all I'm trying to say is that we also just lose the 
the, the specific kinds of titles that they'll play at this theater that they don't play everywhere else. Well, look at the U.S. box office gross for this. It's 170000 Wow. That's crazy. Shit. But, I mean, that's sort of the but time that, we're, li- that we're living in. Well, I guess now it's uh, for, like, several weeks. And it's already streaming, so I guess some of that streaming... Uh, a little bit too, right? I, I don't know how they calculate that now, but I'm no, assuming. I mean that is home box office. Yeah, I mean you have yeah. to on. They have it on Prime. I did see that, but you do have to pay to rent it. But yeah, I mean we're one of ten people in the audience tonight. Um, what an interesting time for movies because you do get these gems. This was an excellent movie. Yeah, I think really it was well really really good. Um, up there with some, some of my favorite movies that I've seen recently, but. I don't know that, um, I mean, what, yeah, what is the experience even going to be like in like five years? We're just going to stream everything and it's, that's what it's going to be. I predict that the only movies that will draw an audience from like here on out after like the theaters sort of crash are going to be like these huge budget, like Marvel movies. It's almost going to be like an amusement park sort of thing. Like, yeah. Come to the Disney theater that for this only special shows treat. Come Star see. Wars movies and and Marvel movies yeah. and Disney movies. They're only like these massive, massive studios are going to exist, or like a DC movie will come out and come to the Warner Brothers theater where we only show these <laughs> movies. I think they're gonna. I think it'll honestly be more specific like that. I That's think wild. like these studios will set up their own theaters where they're like playing their own titles well, and you have to go to like we are seeing with streaming like everything is so uh divided up to where mm-hmm. now the office is not on netflix it's on peacock and and right. these titles are on these streaming platforms and not these ones and everything is super uh, i mean if i was a disney exec that would be my idea like a, a disney only theater where like every screen is playing like a big budget disney movie and we're just drawing in cash and we got a gift shop up front and fifteen dollar popcorns at the concessions and shit like that. I'm sure they would make a lot of money. It's 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 such a bizarre time for movies and it just doesn't seem to be letting up. No. Um man, go see a movie if you can. Go to fucking River Oaks. We have to keep places like this alive, man. At the very least we have to keep them alive. Like Yeah. Obviously it's not gonna thrive at this time when you can't pack bodies in a in a movie theater but we can we gotta keep places like this at least in business so that they have a sustainable future um this movie tonight was good you know it's like man and it's one of gotta be one of the only theaters actually playing it so it's like if you want to see something maybe a little bit more um artistic or um just a little bit more challenging kind of soft-spoken almost in a certain well way. and i think a lot of ways like a movie like this uh challenges the viewer a little bit more like get outside of your own experience zone. yeah yeah um minari this was um lee isaac chung i don't know if i've ever seen another one of his movies uh he wrote and directed this the guy from uh walking dead is in this steven yoon yeah uh glenn is he Glenn on The yes, Walking Dead? Yes, it's been a minute. Yeah. This is his... his first, it looks like his first like big budget movie. Yep. Everything else looks like a little Man, small. Man, so many like directorial debuts that are actually really strong in the last like 18 months. Kind of insane. Yeah. Like this, this was a fully realized movie. Um, the cast was 
really good. I, I felt like the acting was was strong throughout the whole movie. I loved the way the movie looked. Too. Yeah. It was shot really well. It had a lot of like wide angle uh, scenic shots, but also very like, understated, kind of almost artist like right. uh, not a too, little bit not too fancy with the camera work, but like it was it was understated just right. but artistic, you know. Yeah. But I really liked the casting in this. Um, it follows this family uh, of Korean immigrants. They're first generation immigrants, right? right. And they, uh, it's a a mother and a father and their two children and the mother and father are right in the middle of what seems to be this kind of like critical time in their marriage where the wife really seems to want to go back to California where they were before and now they're in Arkansas and the father's dream is to like have land and have a a self-sustaining farm and to be able to like sell something that he's uh, proud of and like something he's working for versus just kind of clocking in and out and they are just it's kind of this tense relationship there and then this sweetness in the family that kind of it's a very um i guess it's like a um it's a family movie yeah it is for sure in the family dynamic uh it's challenging though it's not like a a super positive (laughs) kind of uh right like uh fairy tale but it's it's like a family story yeah and at the same time it's not like a goofy family uh like comedy kind of thing it's not like oh grandma's moving in what hilarity is going to ensue like there are little moments where um so the wife's mother moves from korea to come live with the family in arkansas her health is like declining a little bit and she doesn't have any other family over there the grandma's character is fucking amazing yeah her her character was really really uh well done um, but the, the way that the characters like feed off of each other, the way that that it all seemed like really organic and it, at times it's like one of those things where it felt lived in. It was somebody's right. experience. And yeah. a lot of times when I watch, uh, movies that, that are predominantly like in another language or they're with like less, uh, known actors, like obviously I knew the, uh, Stephen Yun a little yep. bit from walking dead. I'm sure he's in some other things too, but like. When I see like a sort of family dynamic story um, that's really character driven and really well acted, and like a lot of it's in another language, sometimes I almost like immerse yourself more. Right, I almost forget for a little bit. Like, oh damn, I am watching. Like these are actors; they're just really, really good. Like I'm really drawn into what's going on here, and it had like a really the believable quality to it too. Like the family is so beautiful. Like yeah, uh, they kind of. To me, it was like they're the promise of America. You know, you could come here, you could work hard, or that's like what the father is kind of working for, right? He's like, he you can come like here, work hard, dream. and own something that's yours. You could have land. Um, and beautiful family. And then, yeah, like the grandma, there's this really interesting commentary on the kind of cultural shock that's happening because the child, like the young boy in the movie is what, like maybe five or six years old or something like that? Yeah, so they're around there. He is being confronted with, um, you know, like traditional bits of racism from from the white kids he's encountering. Just, just kind of their culture shock with even having this Asian boy in this Arkansas town. But then his culture shock with having his mother, uh, his grandmother, be Korean, 
right like truly korean and from the motherland and she's sort of like handing down the traditions he's realizing he's different in certain ways and not wanting to embrace parts of his korean heritage because he wants to be more americanized but then also he does kind of recognize that that's his heritage you know it's like there's all this stuff happening there um it's definitely uh it had a depth to it, you know, like the yeah, concept sure. and, and the ideas. I think it was really good. Well, and I think that's the, the core of the movie is um, pretty much as a family immigrating to the United States, especially during this time because it's set sort of in the 80s, I guess. Um, I was a little unclear on they that. Don't, they don't directly say, but it's implied because they have like a it box TV, like, that, like yeah. a tube TV. The cars... Right, and they talk about Reagan a little bit. Um, oh yeah, but but um, the implication is that it's in the eighties. But the the core of the movie is like sort of hanging on to your humanity, immigrating from another country, trying to assimilate into the U.S. to start up a business, to buy land, you know, to live this American dream, but still hold on to like your, your core va- values, yeah, and your heritage and. Just who you are as a person. Your identity, yeah. And how your identity changes depending on where you are or right. what doesn't change and what stays the same, you know? like Well, even little bits like the grandma. There's a part where uh, the grandma's watching some, like, taped shows that she brought from Korea, I guess. <laughs> and she's like, your mother and father used to sing this song when they were young oh, and they're yeah. in love. And the mom's like, did we? Like, almost, like, forgetting, like, this, like... The, this you, link to their past I think lives. you made a comment when we were in the theater that like they're working so hard like he's working at this clock in clock out job this kind of uh, automaton like where you're just kind of you're just counting these chickens or you're separating the chickens whatever yeah. he was doing it seemed like that was obviously not his passion and then his this thing that he truly loves to do which is to like work in the in the land and like to have a garden and like a farm but he's doing both at the same time full time both things and it's like man you you mentioned almost like that they the i there was this idea almost that you have to come here and work so hard that you lose that part of your identity in the process of just like yeah doing that you know well and i mean she made the grandmother might have said something like you come here and you forget everything, you know? Like, you came over here and you, you're you living this way and you, yeah. you forgot all these other so things. You're Americans now you're, or something, something like that. Something like that. Uh, but it's almost, it, it was like, man, you really do have to, the way that our system works is just back-breaking labor, yeah, you know? Yeah, 24-7. The machine has to run, and it runs on human labor, you know? And people come over here for just this... The promise of like uh, a better life and you know just like it seemed like there were times in there where you really feel that they're just worn out you know yeah for sure and in that sense I mean it's a very timely movie um, with everything going on right now yeah we're experiencing a lot of that um, in 2021 just like we did last year but um, there's a lot in there I, man and I, and I think it's very deliberate too um, there's some parts I really like too that are more, um, Will Patton's character, the guy who was carrying the cross and stuff and oh, doing yeah, all the like really the Christian stuff, the religious, uh, that was in character. there for a reason for sure. You know, because well, yeah. Americans do have 
can have that quality that comes off very like heavy handed and like very ex- like extreme, almost overhanded. But uh, kind of like in your business with it, you know. Right, and that's it was what like, I mean. oh man, you. Om- I felt sympathetic for the family that they were kind of being, um, just over. Om- so he, like, welcoming he seemed to- kind of overwhelming with his presence for that kind of a thing, and it's like you don't. Have but they to- were always welcoming to him because, like, yeah, they he represented super- like the community that they were trying that- to understand. Right, right. So they couldn't. They couldn't. They uh, were super gracious with him, and he ended up being a a, a good uh, guy and he, a strong worker or whatever. I right. guess they were like partners in kind of growing the farm. But it was just interesting to me. Some of that it seemed deliberate, you know. There was a lot of little things I liked in this movie. Um, just like kind of little knots, like the um, so the the son David, he's um, that five kid or is six. Fucking adorable and perfectly cast. He was man. a really great actor. He and the sister. There's a a bit in the beginning where the grandma comes to live with them, and the grandma's making some like traditional sort of tea thing that she's like seeping through a rag or whatever. And uh, it was like this beautiful process, and the yeah. kid was being such a little shit, and he, he like, turns it down, and he, <laughs> the daughter's like pouring. Um, pouring a drink out of the fridge and Mountain it, it's Dew, yeah. Mountain Dew and the grandma's like what is that and they're like this is water from the mountains this or mountain water, mountain water. and like, dad says it she, good she makes you. it sound so like elegant and like it has some sort of like <laughs> actual value to it, and it's just like they're drinking Mountain Dew <laughs> out of glasses and then like the running joke is like the grandma kept asking him for that mountain water. She's like, "Bring me some more of that mountain water. Let's drink some." <laughs> Man, that grandma was amazing but too. But I, I love those little bits like that. Like as the movie goes on, she's like wanting more and more mountain water, and it's almost like she's kind of getting more. What's so powerful about a movie like this, man, is that it is telling this really uniquely Korean story. It's like super unique in its presentation, mm. but then also it's so human that like I rem- I just thought of my grandma, you know, like yeah. and how that feels, and and um, the kid is almost afraid of her age in the beginning, where he seems kind of standoffish with he's her generation. Or, he's never met her because she yeah. had been in Korea this whole time, so he's just meeting her for the first time it's almost too much he's like overwhelmed right and he's not exposed to like i guess like the old traditional values but then he kind of falls in love with her over the course of the movie and it like made me think of when you're a kid you're almost scared of people who are older in a certain way because they're so far removed from you and then you learn like oh this person like loves me and is going to look after me and you know it's like this other relationship you have but it it felt very um you already said this, just genuine and, and, um, yeah, an actual good family movie that's not cheesy or, like, doesn't come across as, like, um, silly or contrived in any way. Like, that's a strong, that's a, it's a hard thing to do. He did a really good job. And that's pretty uncommon in, like, American cinema because, like, we have a lot of family sitcoms that are, like, very, very, uh, routine, very, formulaic and like the setups and yeah. like the joke structures and stuff like that um there's a lot of like family dramas that are like m- i guess more geared towards like illness or things like that but like this one just felt like a genuine like family story, story. yeah and the family was always like the center of it like they really you let the characters them. breathe too. yeah so they felt more 
you know, more developed just because you're giving them more time to just... And everyone's processing this living in America thing totally differently. And it was so yeah. interesting to see how the daughter's perception was shaped or the son's or the, or the, the father just trying to make it so hard, so bad. Yeah, the, the wife being so kind of over the whole situation. And then the grandma just kind of enjoying the ride <laughs> of it. Like, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, it's like yeah. so different. It was uh, there w- it was interesting to see how these different generations of this family all were responding to this unique situation of being of a very different culture in this n- in this time and place. Yeah. And I connected a lot with the wife character too because uh, I just like imagine moving my fucking wife out to 100%. Arkansas and it would be way worse than. Oh, they were not was. living well either. I mean, there are times in the movie where they don't have running water, and there's a lot of gambles that have had to be made. The father has had to compromise he's a lot of different out stuff. Loans. He's yeah. like spending all their cash on farm equipment. He's like, "This is how you farm over here. You have to invest." And so he's invested, and he's doing the work. Like he's he's yeah. really doing the work, but it's like he had to go for it up front. And the wife is just kind of like taxed, you know. And I, I oh yeah, I've, I have uh, empathy for that character. It felt like she was being realistic, and he was kind of being almost He's, overly um, ambitious in that. Like at, there were times where it was not looking good at all. Yeah, he he was uh, over, you know, too caught up in the American dream. Like he wanted to make it. He had the drive. He was doing the work, like you said, but. He was so deep into it that he couldn't. He, he almost was losing sight of the family, right? And that's yeah, what she was really getting. There's a yeah. There's a part. Uh, the son David has like a heart murmur, right, or some sort of heart defect. And he has uh, a hole in his heart. I know this because I have a hole in my heart. Yeah, it's you were saying that thing. earlier. It's a weird thing. Um. So they they have to drive to a doctor in Oklahoma, I think something like that. Is that it's the in, thing? It was like a it trip. It was like yeah, five was hours four, away. Yeah, you're right, because in the store later, yep. Um, so, like, the <laughs> on the, I guess, trip to take the son to go see, like, a specialist for this heart thing, the dad, like, brings some produce with him. So that he can try and get a contract with this grocer. Right, while he's out there, which honestly, like, you Makes know, perfect sense, and you gotta fucking, you gotta do what you can. Yeah, but at this point, the wife was so over it, she was just like, you you brought work We haven't had you. water in our house in, like, two weeks. Yeah, like, what this the fuck is about doing? David, like, all you care about is this. Yeah. And, I mean, as the, the main provider, it's like uh, you you can't fault him. Man, I identify with him too, though. Man, I, he and was that's like, what I'm saying. It's such a relatable me. way yeah. on so many different levels because I connected with the wife. I'm like, yeah, cut your losses and get the fuck out. And yeah. then the husband is like, I, you know, he took out loans from the he, bank. He said he put like, all the work in. He bought all the shit. So it's like he's like, they he, have to see me succeed in something, you know? Yeah, he was the like, kids they, have to see him, right? And, yeah, because she was like, we can pay off our debts in California, and basically what they've been doing for work is like factory work at like a chicken farm where they separate the males from the females, and then the males just get I Incinerated. guess... Yeah, and so like, there's this kind of I mean, that seems almost um... That does not seem like a very humane job just in and of itself, you know, just like counting the sexes of these different animals just so these can be destroyed or discarded or whatever. It just seems kind of like 
very casual with the loss of life. You know, it's like you don't really wish that job on anyone. And he's basically saying like, man, I just want them to see me do something that that is reflective of my like uh, actual quality, you know, and, yeah. and not just do this job that's going to like put a little bit of money away just so we can have the bare minimum in like another state or whatever. I feel like I could really empathize with with I it's easy to get caught up in capitalism because it becomes this uh it's a necessity like you have to always be working or trying to make the next step or trying to sacrifice something makes you feel better to have something that you can point to to say like this is my value you know right this Um, is my house this is my car this is my farm for yeah this is exactly and especially something like that it was like man i identify with him so much because he's put so much work into the ground, into the effort of like getting it started, and then uh, <laughs> everything just seems to kind of be right in the way, you know. I feel like there definitely was something to say though for that line uh, when he's t- like explaining to his son that like we we um, pick the the males and the females, and the males are discarded. That's why we have to stay useful, so we're not discarded. Yeah, because they talk about the grandmother was like the only surviving member of her family that d- her husband had died in the Korean War her yeah. siblings had died she was the only one in her family and they moved to the US uh, the kids do so it's her daughter and and the husband moved to the US and the husband's just like killing himself to try to like make this living for his family and establish this yeah. but he's sacrificing like that relationship with, with his, family. his family yeah right for it and i think that you know That's that that theme is kind of brought up in a few different yeah. ways throughout the movie. I think that is the theme. You know, it's like yeah. how much are we willing to participate? How much are we willing to lose in our participation? You know, like yeah. Um, but yeah, this was but very also, good. Man. You know, they make a point to say like, well, the females are the ones that produce the eggs. That's the the tastier meat, and the the wife character at a lot in a lot of points in the movie she was like the stronger character right she was the one that was always looking out for the family she she always had this idea like if if you fail and i'm losing faith in you she like has to i, I no longer her, have yeah. faith in you i can always move back to california and take care of the family like she wasn't reliant on him at all no, and she wife, made a yeah. point to tell him multiple times that she wasn't like buying into like his dream because she was watching him fail. And I think in a lot of ways too that that element is sort of uh sprinkled throughout the movie too in a few different ways. The grandma character is like a, a very like strong yeah. uh, spirited character. She's like a free free spirit. She's like into watching wrestling and she's very outspoken. All the characters she cusses are super a lot. developed. Yeah, but they're strong too. They're all. She strong. was like a the the grandmother was almost like a comedic presence, and it helped to break up some of the the heaviness of the other stuff. And right. she also had so much love, and she seemed to just have kind of limitless compassion for what was happening. And she was just kind of enjoying the being there rather than the the father and the mother have so much baggage Struggling. and and they're just yeah in it. And then the kids. Um, but there's like a sweetness to the whole movie, but all the characters are super, super uh, well developed. Yeah, and yeah, I think you're right that the wife, um, she did her thing with the whole movie. I think both yeah. their their chemistry too was 
was good because you could tell that they cared for each other, but that it was just like you just felt for them because it was like, man, this just isn't working right now. You know, like you guys seem like you could work, but you're just not, it's just not happening right now. It's like that's that, that time in the office when Jim and Pam are not doing well, it's like, man, you've seen them do well. You know that they could be good together, but it's like not happening and you just want so badly for them to, yeah. It reminds to, like, me a lot out. of uh, blue Valentine. I haven't seen that. You've told man, me about that several such times. A good I need movie. to check it out. It's uh, it's uh, the guy that directed um, uh, Place Beyond the Pines, Derek Sion Sion Yeah, yeah. I um, fucking love Place Beyond the Pines. It's really, really well done. But uh, Blue Valentine is almost set up like Godfather Two, where it's like two different storylines going on at the same time. But it's basically like Ryan Gosling, and it's like these two characters falling in love, but at the same time, it's like showing them present day and they're married and their relationships deteriorating <laughs> and i felt awesome. like a lot of that uh kind of same vibe is like you're you're watching them succeed you're watching him biz- build his business and like damn you kept Grow saying like farm. damn he is do- he's doing it like yeah. he's watering the crops he's he got a tractor he's like doing his thing i wanted them but to like succeed the more so he bad, would yeah. succeed like the more strain his, would be on their relationship right and they were just like crumbling yeah. so like as he's building up his his farming empire like his yeah. his family life is deteriorating this potential for success you know is like that's really what he's after is is success you know it's right. like and there's it, a lot in there man i i um i would go easy four stars on this i might even go four and a half i need to see it again yeah. I don't ever really love to go above four without having seen a movie two times because I feel like that's part of it in and of itself is like if I'll see it again, that's probably like four star territory if I see it again and I like it even more, which I feel like I will like uh, with this movie. Um, and I might even go 4.5. Yeah. I really liked this. Well, I would say definitely go check it out. I would say... Even for people who don't love... Um, like like drama like family drama movies yeah it's like this was enjoyable with having no concept of what kind of movie it was who was in it um no immediate understanding of the plot or anything i really enjoyed it yeah what did you think i think easily uh i would say it's a four-star movie because it's it's the kind of movie i would watch again and it's the kind of movie you could recommend to anyone like i could you know, tell my parents to watch this and they would probably watch it and enjoy it. You could, you know, it's a relatable story, especially for people that are in like long-term relationships where you have had to like, you know, balance your work life versus your home life. I think that's a relatable topic enough for like anybody in, in anywhere to, to and even just with. the way that we've been talking about it. There's a lot of depth in there. There's a lot of like, um, different ideas. Yeah, different explored. themes. Like it, it was a strong. Um, I think and there's that, a lot that in acting, there, man. The acting was really, really on point too. The acting, the direction, even the music. I loved the piano work and just the kind of understated quality of everything. And yeah. when it would kind of swell and then it would kind of pull back and be really muted. And the chemistry with the characters is like spot undeniable. On. It's perfect. Yeah. I really liked this movie, man. I, especially as we're talking about it more, I get the, I'm even liking it more as we've been talking about it. Uh, I would definitely go see it. Um, I think this may be only at the River Oaks, though. Yeah, if at you live right if now. you live in Houston, go support the River Oaks and <sighs> Fuck, maybe man. check this one out. We lost Studio Thirty. 
Uh, Man, R.I.P. I loved that theater. Like that—that that was my—that was my main theater because yeah. it was by me, and they had all the cool, like indie stuff. We and saw international countless stuff. movies there. We cannot lose River Oaks Theater, y'all. We d- it just cannot happen. Yeah, we actually put off doing a uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, review. which I've seen and was fucking amazing. Check that out if you have HBO Max. I'm not saying stream it, but if the if it was between seeing it and not seeing it. Then stream, then stream it. it. Yeah. But if you can go, go to, to the go to the theater. I'm holding out because I want to go to the theater to see it. So I'm maybe, happy to go see it again. It was excellent. Maybe we'll dude. do that next. Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, fucking that movie was was very good. Too, dude, man. I love Lakeith too. I follow him on Instagram. He's a he's quite the character. Dude, both of those guys, I I, I would see just about anything they're in. But yeah, y'all get out there, go to the movies, go to fucking River Oaks, buy a popcorn or something. Um. Like yeah, what can we do? I mean, there's <laughs> got to be something, you know. It's I don't like, know. They they need to do a GoFundMe so we can we yeah can we need to get that together. To Any it. ways that you can be of support to River Oaks? Think about doing that. This is John. This is Sean. This is movie night with, with John, John and Sean. <laughs>